And welcome to The Emulsion, episode four, I think it is. We're already on episode four, which is pretty awesome. Uh, I'm your host, Justin Kana, and it's normally my job here to go through uh, and curate, if you will, to give you some facts and my opinions, basically, on everything that mattered to me last week in the food, restaurant, chef, fine dining sphere that I, I live in. At the end, uh, you always get a little something-something cool that I found outside of the restaurant realm, so stay tuned for that. But if you're new here, go ahead and check out any of the social links I've got listed where wherever you're listening so that you can kind of stay up to date and join the live streams where any questions or comments you'd like to add to the conversation can live and breathe. Uh, welcome to um, our Facebook viewers here or anybody who is joining in on YouTube or um, the after-posted Facebook video. Um, let's start it up, shall we? So, um, speaking of those viewer stories, uh, a friend of mine, Amanda Young, who actually spent some time at Lisvaka, sent me a link to a site called Communal Table, and she wanted me to talk about it, so let's talk about it. Um, <clears throat> what it is, and I'm going to read you this from their website, is, um, quote, it is all about the conversation. We seek to explore what brings people together and what sets us apart as we sit down to eat together. This happens most often at the table. We break bread together, uh, so to speak, be it garlic-slathered t- Texas toast or crackle-crusted handmade loaf. And with it, we hash out our thoughts and ideas. Every quarter, we host a wonderful meal. The meal, the conversation, and the related issue is centered around a theme. We publish the menu along with many other recipes that cur- that relate to the quarterly theme. So that's super interesting, right? <clears throat> because that's essentially what I'm trying to do with this podcast here. Uh, I'm interested in the conversation. So um, check out all their issues, which kind of range from um, these themes that they're talking about. So things like age to pot to staff, Uh, they all kind of carry this theme throughout several articles that get written, um, and they're more or less an online publication, but um, they have a lot of really nice recipes with really stunning food photography. If you look at their website, they have a ton of really nice stuff. Um, And then, of course, the dinner that they host that brings people together, and then they have that conversation. Um, and to me, this is a pretty niche thing. It's, it's nice to see people come together and have these conversations to really open their minds up on kind of a micro level, but it's difficult to achieve results on a macro level, right? So I'm looking here on their site for upcoming issues and they have all of these very like nebulous one word titles. So confession, sensation, invasion, lost, tender, change. Um, so yes, I'm, I'm, I'm all for playing within a box. So you set kind of a theme and there's not really um, a huge uh, checklist of, of, of points, right? So you keep it open to interpretation. Um, like, their, like their pot issue, for example, co- covers cast iron cooking as well as cannabis. Uh, but I return to the question that um, if you followed my uh, 2017 playbook, a gentleman named Seth Godin often asks when you kind of set off on, an, on a new project, and that is, what is it for? Um, And that's what I see myself asking myself with a project like this, because um, I see the very romantic and fuzzy nature of it. I'm just still not really sold. I'm I'm kind of skeptical on the ramifications after the events and and what happens, basically. Um, But this show is is not all about me. It's for you guys. Um, I'd be more interested um, to kind of hear your take on a project like this and if you've been to an event like this or or, or what your thoughts on it. That, that's my basically question for the day. Um, and to make sure that I got all my information on this story, I sent an email to the, the people at uh, Communal Table and Adrian 
responded to me, and she was nice enough to make sure that um, three issues of uh, the latest communal table or whatever issue she chooses get sent my way so um, emulsion the Emulsion listeners can get their hands on a copy to kind of make sure that that, um, uh, you know, you, 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 you can check out their content through my content. Um, if you want to score a copy when this ends, if you're listening um, as a podcast, uh, I'd really appreciate it if you shared it on your Facebook page with the hashtag um, The Emulsion. And I'll pick three people, and you're going to get a copy sent to you. Um, Next up is kind of a story that um, it pisses me off because I'm annoyed that it slipped under my radar. Um, And that's the story of Wolfgang Puck, who has opened a chef's counter. Yep, uh, the guy who feeds you mediocre pizza at the airport has a little test kitchen at his corporate headquarters in L.A., where him and his protégés, is how he's calling it, uh, are trying to redefine California cuisine, just like he did in the kind of the 1980s and 90s. Um, the sad part of the story is a business partner of his, um, whose name is Matt uh, Bensivenga, he passed away from cancer in 2016, and they basically had the idea of this counter for him as kind of a playground. So they outfitted it with um, like a centrifuge and a combi oven and a vacuum distiller, and it's been pretty much dormant since then. So now, one night a week, um, they're basically planning on rotating chefs in from Wolfgang Puck's um, empire that that's worldwide now. He's very global. Um, and the plan is for them to make a 12 to 18 course menu where he wants the chef to cook something he's never had, quote-unquote. He also travels a lot, so 160 days a year, Chef Chef Wolfgang Puck, um, and he doesn't want to eat out to kind of check out the latest trends. And I'm quoting again. This is a, a piece from Departures.com. Instead of going to new restaurants, let's come up with uh, our own. Uh, sorry. In- <laughs> Instead of going to new restaurants to come up with dishes, let's come up with our own. And this is where he kind of gets the idea. If you're just joining, we're talking about the um, Wolfgang Puck's uh, opening a chef's counter in LA. Um, where was I? Uh, so this is where it gets crazy because, um, Dave Barron, who is kind of a legend for anyone who's worked anywhere near Chicago or been through the Thomas Keller system. He was hired as the test kitchen chef, uh, which is crazy. He did this, um, he did his first introductory dinner back in December and I never really heard a thing about it. Uh, Dave Barron's Instagram where he's got, uh, 32.4 thousand followers and he has nothing related to these dinners, which is a little bit weird. He has a bunch of like fermentation projects or stuff like that, that he's working on. And he, um, is working with chef cycle. Uh, if I think that's what it's called, uh, the big racing event where they raise money for, um, to make sure that kids get fed is, um, I mean, I understand secret projects, but if an article gets published online, there's not really a secret anymore, right? So I don't think I'm the only one who's really been interested to see what Dave would do after leaving Chicago and make the move across the country to LA, but um, I mean, we'll see as it develops. But dinners cost um, anywhere from 195 to 295 with wine pairings, and you get your tickets on talk, of course. The, um, the first one that'll happen... Um, is on April 19th. So check the link I posted in the show notes if you're interested in getting a a spot. These are going to be weekly dinners, so you only get one dinner a week. The next story I want to talk about, um, and because it's been going all over the internet this week, at least in my uh, little circle, is that Noma is closing down. So I did a slideshow on my Instagram of my meal that I was fortunate enough to enjoy there in 2015, but a good buddy of mine from Mexico, uh, got a table for lunch and when 
uh, he asked to go, I couldn't really say no. So I, I really, really enjoyed that experience. But now for those of you who are kind of living under a rock, it's not closing forever. Um, and that's the story is that the, the space that they have now is basically shuttering to pave the way for a new space. And that's going to be further away from the center of Copenhagen, where they'll not only kind of enjoy more space, but a urban culinary garden. And that's more or less the big deal because he paved the way in um, cooking what's around you. But this is kind of going a little bit um, more to the extreme. Uh, I'm leaving a link down below where Eater did a highlight of basically the the highlights of the last meal at the restaurant. But what really made headlines was the news that the 62-year-old uh, Gambian Ali Sonko, the restaurant's dishwasher for the past 13 years, was made a partner in the restaurant. So there's the big story around when they got best um, restaurant in the world, and I believe it was 2014. They, uh, was it 2014? I'm going to have to look that up later, but... Uh, there was problems with uh, Ali's visa, so he couldn't go. So basically all of the, the chefs who went up on stage were wearing T-shirts with his face on it. He was able to go the next year. But um, there were also two other names. The service director, uh, Lan Richter, Lan Richter, who was also kind of at Noma from the beginning, and an Australian manager whose name is James Spreadbury. They were both also named partners in Noma. So percentages weren't disclosed uh, as far as who has what percentage of the, the company, but it's certainly a great legacy move by Rene, and of course we'll all look forward to what he's going to build with the new Noma uh, that's scheduled to open in December of 2017. Weirdly enough, our next story isn't... I, I, I really wasn't going to cover it, but I, I wanted to after doing a little bit more research on it, um, and that was the news that Dimmy, a restaurant reservation platform in Australia that's used by over 4,000 restaurants in the country, gave its partners, uh, its restaurant partners, the ability to blacklist diners who didn't honor their online bookings. So, um, I mean, this isn't really new news. It was launched in February of um, a, a while ago, I, I believe. Um, and since then, 38,000 diners got added to the list. So this was up from um, th just over 3,000 in the previous year. So the benefit to restaurants when you do this kind of thing is you, um, you're able to put, put somebody's name on the list and then they are no longer able to make a reservation for the entire next year. Um, and that has apparently provided a 25% decrease in no-shows over the past 12 months for the restaurants that enroll in the program. So they say part of the success is kind of due to introducing a, a payment system where they'll accept your credit cards, and that's not um, anything new from anybody who's used something like Open Table to make a reservation, but um, the uh, where you can kind of see it blow up is um, where... Uh, it varies from restaurant to restaurant, right? So it kind of depends on um, if something un unexpected happens or like if, if something happens like your babysitter couldn't come or you get in an injury or something like that, basically all they're asking is that you um, give a phone call or something like that to ma make sure that there's a heads up to the restaurant so that they can resell that table because um, apparently they lose a lot of money and are reported $75 million. Um, so to um they also reference the insane three percent profit margins that restaurants are working with but i mean that's another story can't make it just call that's all they're asking that's it last up our final story of the day that's not really industry related but it could be and it definitely is for someone like me and that is the awesome news that youtube um 
announced two things basically this week. One isn't really news, but it was a super awesome piece of content that I enjoyed. Uh, maybe if you saw the Samsung commercial that they did with Casey Neistat, uh, they aired it during the Oscars. Uh, it kind of made me want to drop whatever I was doing and go shoot a movie uh, just because it was super, super nice. Uh, the way that they aired it, the the context of it, uh, he did it in like kind of an empty parking lot. It was just a really, really nice passive-aggressive middle finger from um, all of us online content creators. But the other big piece of uh, YouTube news that is great that I get to cover because it literally happened maybe like 40 minutes ago uh, is that they um, just announced YouTube TV. So that is a service where they're saying that six users can watch on individual devices you will get unlimited cloud DVR, live uh, TV is broadcasted on it, and it's only $35 a month. So they also dropped um, a super interesting stat, I believe it was yesterday, that uh, people watch 10 billion hours of YouTube a day, which is something like 10, 10 times more than Netflix, which is just crazy. But it, it, it answers the question of why they're doing something like YouTube TV. Um, I couldn't be more excited to create more like this on YouTube and Facebook. The internet is just, it's its awesome. So with that, this has been episode four of The Emulsion. Hopefully you got some valuable information today. Um, accept new, uh, expect new episodes every week, even though I'm going to be out of the country next week. Uh, stay tuned on my socials for a little bit more information on where that's going to be. Um, it was definitely a little switch up today with the camera angle. If you're watching on YouTube, hopefully you enjoyed the little screen pop-ups here. Um, it was a Tuesday show as well, which is a little bit unexpected, uh, but, uh, I have an event tomorrow and then of course a red eye flight to Chicago. So I wanted to squeeze this in before that happens. Uh, but make sure you're following along to stay up to date and leave a comment with any stories you might want covered next week. Um, but in addition to the question that I posted earlier about communal table, uh, I'd like to ask for some immediate feedback like I do every time, just to make sure that um, you're kind of enjoying how everything is going, uh, you like the times, where you consumed this, uh, what's working best for you, making sure that I'm bringing the most value to you in the most convenient way possible. I will also, uh, also don't forget about that communal table um, uh, giveaway that I'm doing. So of course, just make sure that you repost however you uh, consumed this on your Facebook page, hashtag the emulsion, and I'll pick three people who saw this to give away an issue to that. If you um, caught it, make sure that you uh, uh, jump on it. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Uh, thanks in advance. I'm Justin Kana. Have a good one.